money and wealth is simply what we use to fund and sustain our service to one another. So when someone says, well, how much money does one person need? I say, as much as it takes for them to continue serving in the way that they are serving. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Empire Podcast. My name is Bedros Koulian. This is an inside look. Today, we have a very dear friend of mine, someone who is a capitalist, someone who is an entrepreneur, someone who is a game changer and impact maker, Mr. Ryan Moran, and also the author of 12 Months to a Million Dollars. This book is a book that I just got in the mail. Uh, as I'm recording this, it is not out yet. It drops May 5th, 2020. Um, I've got a gala copy and I'm grateful to start reading it as of two days ago. So that said, Ryan, welcome to the show. Bedros, thank you so much. I so respect what you guys do here. So thank you so much for having me on. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. And by the way, thank you for sending Gary Vaynerchuk's wine to us, uh, <laughs> Empathy Wines. Shout out to Gary. Yeah, that, that'll, that'll last you through the weekend, I'm sure. The case is already empty. <laughs> so, so that's that. Ryan, um, you know, we've known each other for a long time. I think it was yeah. last year or the year before I had the great fortune to speak on your stage, the, the capitalism event. Um, you know, and, I, and I see you right now in the video wearing the capitalist shirt. First off, let's start there. Do, oh, capitalist pig. Look at it. As you scooted back, it says capitalist pig. Um, obviously you're a great marketer. You know how to get attention. The word capitalism is either loved or hated. There is no middle of the road. Uh, give me your take on capitalism, man. Well, I mean, capitalism is the system that we use to serve each other. And if we knew that that was the definition of capitalism, the system through a great number of strangers come together to serve one another, it wouldn't be so polarizing. But the, the fact of the matter is that most people have this view that capitalism is a selfish aim. It's where people get ahead. But we both know that the way that you get ahead is by serving each other. Mm -hmm. And it's the, only, it's the only way to get ahead. Like the only way in a voluntary society that you get ahead is by creating something that somebody else wants greater than the money that they're holding on to. And so it is, it is quite literally the container that we've built in order to make the world better and better and easier and easier and faster and faster and cheaper and cheaper even. And so capitalism is a wonderful, it's the greatest invention in, in, hum, in human history because it's a system in which we are incentivized to serve one another and therefore make each other's lives better. You know, that is such an eloquent way to describe it because obviously the shirt that you're wearing is tongue in cheek. It's a great way to get attention. But most people who have a negative connotation with capitalism and the term capitalist pig is because they saw that the big companies want to take advantage of the man and uh, or the man is, you know, who's the big company is taking advantage of the average person out there and, uh, you know, low wages for for employment and really racking up the prices when they're selling a product and really capitalism is the way that commerce happens it's as simple as that like you said you have a product i have a need your product solves the problem that i have i'm going to give you money to get that solution yeah i like to look at it if we were to shrink it down into a, a tribal setting and again like in your in your family you're probably not going to charge your kids to work out right like it's probably not it's probably not gonna Maybe happen not. right yeah. And, and like your, your best friend, probably not. And then like your best friend has a friend and they're like, look, I've only got so much time. If he wants my time, this is how he gets my time. And so it's, it's 
the, the way capitalism is structured from our tribal roots is the way that we take the goods that are reserved for the family and for the community and we make them available to everyone else. Ooh. So that's, that's, that's why capitalism started as a system because we had these, we had families and we had groups that became good or efficient at producing something. If somebody else wanted that, it was a loving practice to say, okay, um, I think we can share some of this with you. How do we make it so that we can keep doing what it is that we're doing, but also share some with you? Because we don't want to take it out of each other's mouths or each other's lives. We want to be able to share this. And the system of trade was created. And then we needed a faster way to trade. And it became dollars. And so, and, and so capitalism is just the system that we've set up in order to voluntarily serve one another. Somebody asked me recently, what would you say is the definition of money? Or what would you say is the purpose of money? Why do we need money? And I say money and wealth is simply what we use to fund and sustain our service to one another. So when someone says, well, how much money does one person need? I say, as much as it takes for them to continue serving in the way that they are serving. And it just so happens that in the way they're serving, money shows up. And if we flip it that way, if we can flip the conversation to be about that, man, this world gets real good real quick. Bingo, bingo, nailed it. Now, one thing we really pride ourselves here on the Empire Podcast is we don't bring any hacks on the show. It's either myself or me and Craig, or really me and someone else doing an inside look, which is what we're doing here. And an entrepreneur who I know for a fact, like is from the trenches, makes the kind of money he or she says they're making and is out there really doing it, not just flashing bullshit. Um, and why don't you give us a little backstory? How did you even become an entrepreneur? At some point you had to have had a job and why did you not choose to stay part of the workforce? Yeah, so my only job I ever had as a kid was when I worked at Dunkin' Donuts in Baskin Robbins from like age 15 to 17. When I, when I worked there for two years, after I left Dunkin' Donuts, my mom throw, made me a retirement cake. It was really, it was really sweet. Uh, she, she got me like a happy retirement balloon and everything. I walked in the door, she yelled surprise, had a cake with happy retirement. She just knew that I was never going to work a normal job. Gotcha. And, now, now, wait, uh, wait a minute. We can't... Hold on now, we can't just breeze over that. How did your mom know? What, what clues came about when you were younger that, that mom could make a retirement cake when you're 17? When I was eight years old, my mom bought me a magazine and it was a magazine called Zillions. It was Consumer Reports for Kids. And when one of the articles, there was a story about this nine or 10 year old kid who had started buying stocks and had made like $30. And me, the kid who was always reading about like lemonade, I literally had books about lemonade stands and went to my mom and I was like, mom, I want to buy stocks. I didn't know what the hell stock was. And I'm really expecting her to be like, no, that's a scam. Uh, Cause I'm nine. I don't know what this is. And she's like, I think that's a great idea. It's like, well, if my mom's, it must be a great idea then. So it, at nine and 10 years old, I'm reading about the Dow Jones industrial average. I'm reading about the stock market and and I'm I'm learning about investing and I'm learning about day trading. I had a mentor who was a real estate investor who was teaching me about investing in real estate. When I graduated college, I grew up in a really Christian home. I, I grew up a, a pretty fundamentalist Baptist Christian. And uh, it kind of had the the guilt in me enough to go to school to be a pastor. I didn't want to be a pastor. I wanted to be an entrepreneur. But while I was in college, expecting to 
become a pastor and make $30,000 a year, I started researching internet companies and internet businesses. And so that itch never really got scratched of the whole side hustle entrepreneur thing. Mm -hmm. And so all through college, I did affiliate marketing and search engine optimization and learned how to build up customer email lists and sell products online and do information publishing and build websites and do all that stuff that you do when you're in the absolute grind of building an online business. And uh, made six figures from my dorm room, uh, graduated, freaked out, didn't know what the hell to do with my life, and discovered that there was this wide open market, there's this wide open opportunity where you have all of these brands that are trying to move on to the internet. And you have all of these big brands who are buying internet brands. And you have these big companies like this new thing called Amazon.com that was just starting at the time and realizing there was this big trend towards e-commerce. And we're still only in like the third inning of that trend right now. I think what we've seen during this quarantine, especially if you, if you follow anything in the stock market, uh, online retail stocks are the best performing sector. You have Amazon has continued to grow. It's at record highs while everything else is supposedly getting clobbered. Right? So the, 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 those who have pivoted online have been great. They have, they have stayed great. E-commerce is, is the bright spot in the economy right now. It and is. so we have this major changing of the guard that is happening where you have these big brands who are too bloated to go online and you have this period in which customer demands are highest than they've ever been specifically online. And so the trend moving next is building very specific brands for the, the rest of the world. That, so that's what I do now is I, I build physical product brands and then I document and teach what I'm doing over at capitalism.com. Well, I can tell you from firsthand experience that uh, we, we, you know, kind, kind of like you described, kind of have the tribal mentality. You're a friend. I reached out to you and I said, hey, man, um, who do you know um, that can help us take one of our supplement brands and take it onto Amazon? And you're like, well, it just so happens to be me. And of course, you know, I know you've got a wide set of skill sets and, and just, you know, it, it's so funny, man. We could have either spent time, energy, and money and probably a good two, three week process of research and trying to figure it out. Or what was it? A 45 minute phone call with you. And we had all three points squared away. And my team is executing right now on that side Amazing. of the building. Yeah. And That's great. So, so thank you for that. It's, it's any people are functionally retarded if they don't buy speed from an expert. And that's what really a good coach, mentor, um, you, you know, someone who's been there, done that does. So real quick, I noticed that as you scooted back to show me the full picture of the Capitals pig, I saw the vascularity in your arms. Now, the last time I saw you, while you, you're always, you know, skinny, uh, you, I've never seen you fat. Uh, we had lunch together at uh, Sushi 10 here at my favorite joint. Uh, you weren't as lean, so not everyone is getting fat during the coronavirus quarantine. <laughs> well, that, that makes me feel good. I had a big piece of banana bread before this, so I was feeling a little bad about myself, so I appreciate it. Seriously though, um, dude, like you're looking good, man. So, uh, well, thanks. You know, you know what's funny, Beatrice, is I, I, uh, I started my quarantine diet, which is uh, which I call the two rules diet. There's two, there's two rules for me staying lean uh, year round, which are that I eat 25 grams of protein at every meal and I eat my carbs and fats at separate meals. Mm -hmm. Those are my two rules. I don't, that, that's it. And what that focuses you to do is prioritize one macronutrient, always have a protein and it prevents you from overeating. And so that's, that's, that's how I eat the two rules diet. 
Good for you. Clearly, it's working. Now, obviously, being uh, you know in the franchise space, especially in the fitness franchise, with our hundreds of Fit Body Bootcamp locations, the term that we're hearing people use now is the Corona 15, the COVID 15. <laughs> Remember, like the old call, the the, the freshman no, 15. Thank you. And I will opt out of that one. Yeah, man, I'm telling you. And the moment, the, the moment that this thing happened, I'm like, all right, dude, here's what's going to happen. You're not traveling as much. You're not going to be uh, in, in your normal routine. So I went right to my what works for me, intermittent fasting, which gives me a seven-hour eating window and to two workouts a day. And I've gotten leaner and stronger instead of fatter. Um, it, it, it's really about sticking to a routine, man. Coming up with a rule, whatever that rule is. Like, you have your two rules. Mine was intermittent fasting and two workouts a day instead of one workout a day and following macros like I normally do. And bam, things always work out. Um, but anyway, just wanted to congratulate you on that. You look awesome. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah, so let, let, let's take a di deep dive into this book that that you wrote. I mean, holy cow, 12 months to $1 million, how to pick a winning product, build a real business, and become a seven-figure entrepreneur. Now, I know you, so I know that if anyone's qualified to teach this, it's you. But what exactly is someone who's going to read this book, Ryan, going to get out of it? Yeah, so I've started my first physical products brand back in 2013 with about 600 bucks. I, I then grew that business to a $10 million a year business. And then we sold it. We had an eight figure exit when we sold that. And going through that process, I really saw the trajectory of what was happening in the macro view where we have these big companies who are buying small brands or you have what happened with us is we had a private equity company buy a major position in the brand and then their plan was to roll that up and sell that. Unfortunately, they ran it into the ground, which is a story for another day. And taught me a lot of things about what us small entrepreneurs do better than these big brands that have a bunch of funding and try to bring in these big bloated teams. So that was a really interesting education as well. Along the way that I was building this, this company from zero to a multi-million dollar company, I was documenting it on my podcast on capitalism.com. And as a result of just documenting what we were doing and what was going on, I, I had hundreds of people come up to me on the street. And I mean, quite literally on the street, unsolicited would come to me and say, I built a million dollar business because of following your podcast. Wow. Not buying anything, not except just watching videos or listening to the podcast. And I had never put the plan into a complete packaged plan. I had just documented it in pieces over a period of five to six years. So what I did is I took all of those pieces and put it into this roadmap that I called 12 months to 1 million. And it's, it's just the roadmap for going from no idea to wanting to have your idea live and taking it to seven figures. And it looks like this, it's in three stages. Your first 12 months are broken into three, four month chunks. Your first four months, that first period, I call it the grind. These are these hard decisions that prevent most people from moving forward. So we give it a full three to four months to come up with the product you're going to bring to market, who your customer is, how you're going to target them, how you're going to launch the product, how you stay profitable. If you're going to take on funding, because you need like five to 10 grand to do this really well. And you can kickstart it, you can bring on an investor, you can do whatever you want to do. And then we stack the deck. Stacking the deck is bringing and lining up a few hundred people who are ready to buy from you on launch day getting those people lined up to buy the iPhone on the day that it goes live. Call that stacking the deck. So that's the first stage is this grind of figuring out what you're going to do, how you're going to bring it to market and getting ready for launch day, 
take one sale. That's our goal at the end of the grind. Then that second four-month period, we call it the growth. The growth is all about getting to 25 consistent sales a day. So 25 sales a day is going to come from us diving into every single customer and killing them with kindness so they have to leave a review for us. It is calling people on the phone and ensuring that their order arrived. It is the constant pounding of pavement until you have enough reviews, social media love, goodwill with people who are talking about you, happy customers, enough momentum, your product quality is high enough to be at 25 consistent sales a day, and that takes the next three to four months. Now, if you run the numbers, all it takes to have a million dollar business is four products selling 25 sales a day at a $30 price point. Mm. That's over $1,000, that's 100 sales a day, $3,000, dollars in sales per day, 1.1-ish million dollars a year. So the third chunk of the year is repeating that process of getting 25 sales a day over three more products. And because we've got the systems and we've got the momentum and we've got the customer base, it happens a lot faster. We can roll one of these out every month and at the end of the year have four products doing 25 sales a day at a $30 price point and that's a million dollar business. So at first, it seems to happen real slow. You're deciding what the label is going to look like. You're deciding what the person's going to be. And then about six months in, we've got 25, 50 sales a day rolling in. And by the end of the year, we have a million dollar business. Ryan, do you, do you happen to know what one of your superpowers is? Because if you don't, I, I'm going to tell you. I think you're going to tell me that it is explaining complex things in very simple terms. You nailed it. <laughs> you nailed it. And, and that, that, that is truly a superpower and a gift. And Thank you. I have paid people hundreds of thousands of dollars from Dan Kennedy to the Frank Kern to currently paying Joel Weldon uh, as a speaking coach, Joe Polish, Dean Graciosi, the list goes on of people that I've coached with who have mentored me because they've taken the complex and made it simple and helped me time collapse and scale. Uh, like, like I feel like, holy smokes, the things that took me so long to do when I became an internet info marketer some 15 years ago, you just summarized and I've got a timer here in about four and a half minutes, right? <laughs> and, and so now let, let's do a bit of a deep dive here because obviously the book uh, does the deep dive, but you know, I've got you here, I've got you captive. I'm gonna make sure my audience gets most, uh, the, the most value they can. So you said we need to find a product and yeah. we need to find an audience to sell that product to. So let's kind of, you know, say I'm a student um, of yours. What, how do I know what's a good product? Yeah. So. That's a, that's a number one question I get. What's a good product? How do I pick a good product? Or what product should I sell? A variation of those three is always the number one question asked. The way I answer this is we back it up one step. So if you listen to, I, I believe it's, um, oh shoot, what is the guy's name who, who did uh, The Road Less Stupid? Um, Keith Cunningham. Keith Cunningham will say the way that you build a really successful business is you find out what people want, and you give it to them. Or said, said differently, you pick a group of people and you sell them something. Well, in the internet world, since we never have to see anyone, we usually skip step one, which is pick a group of people that you're going to serve. And step two, sell them something. And in the internet world, we just skip to sell people something. 
Well, the, what we sell is really clear and easy if we pick a specific market first. So a nice hack to this, pick someone you know who is really into something. So my mom, really into crafting. Now, I know nothing, nothing, nothing about crafting. But I can watch what she does and see that she buys stamps and she buys these machines that make like these custom cuts for cards. And she buys like a very specific glue gun. And she bought, I could name off 10 products just by watching what she does. And now I don't have a product to sell. I have a brand in mind that has 10 products that I can bring to market. Now, what I like to do is focus on someone who is starting a new journey. Now that's starting a new hobby, it's starting a new goal. If we're going with somebody who signs up for a Fit Body Bootcamp and they're on a weight loss goal, they're usually learning a few core concepts very early on. They're learning how to track their calories and their macros. They're learning about working out. They're learning about, learning about accountability. These are things that they're starting to learn. And along that journey, they start to buy some things. They buy meal kits and they buy supplements. And they might buy a kettlebell or a weightlifting belt. They're buying straps or they're buying new clothes. They're buying coaching. I think I just listed seven things. Mm -hmm. And so if you can pick one person that you know who's really into something and you simply ask, what does somebody buy when they're beginning a new journey here? Now we start to make a list of different products. A really good one that I like right now is there's a lot of people starting the new journey of learning to work from home. So what are they learning as they're going through this. They're learning how to set up an office environment. They're learning how to organize files. They're learning how to work at a stand-up desk. They're learning how to work with a timer. And there's all of these different products that that person is going to buy because a new area of life is opening up. Vedras, uh, I don't know if you remember this, when you became a father for the first time, all of a sudden strollers were the most interesting thing in the world. Like, right. You never thought about a stroller ever in your life. And I was thinking like, Man, that thing turns on a dime. That's impressive there. Bro, let me let me tell you something about that. Like, I don't know if you've seen the Bob stroller, B-O-B. And no. they're like these industrial running strollers with awesome wheels that look like they belong on a on a mountain bike or a road bike. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, honey, you have to get that one uh, because I did the research. Like, dude, I was like I went from looking at guns and cars to strollers and how sturdy they are for a woman that runs, because my wife's into running. And yeah, so I know exactly what you mean. I became the connoisseur of that and of course the little baby carriers, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and so there's a brand right now that Bedros is sitting on that is like the man's man's dad gear, like the best stroller for the fit dad. And then like the carrier that looks cool, right? That's like the, the carrier that you're wearing your baby around that actually looks cool, makes you look like a freaking man. Like there's, there's a brand there of dads serving other dads that look like whatever you're into. And so the, the question is not what's a good product to sell. It's what's a good market that I can relate to. And the easiest way to do that is pick a person you know. And if you, if you can't think of anybody, pick yourself. And you go, okay, what am I into? Do I do CrossFit every day? Do I wake up and journal every day? Do, am, am, I a, am I really into meditating? Am I really into food? Like right now, the brand I'm working on is a brand called Fit Baked Flowers. And it's high protein, ready to go flour lines, like banana breads and muffins and cakes. Because I just love to be in my kitchen and make these weird high protein concoctions, put them in the microwave and make banana bread, right? I just, I just geek out on that kind of stuff. So I'm making 
that brand because I just want it for myself. Tim Ferriss said in the four hour work week that the, re, the way he, ju- he makes all his product decisions is he says, what would I like? Because then I've got one customer and if I've got one customer, there's a good chance that there's other people who are like me who will buy something similar or the exact same product. So we always start with the person. And my favorite way is to start with somebody who is on a new journey. And we look at what three to five products does that person buy at the beginning of their journey. And then we pick one of those, usually the one that they buy first. Because if they buy one product from you when they're in that new journey, that's usually like the gateway for things to open up for all the things that you buy. Another, a great example of this I talk about it in the book is Dave Asprey. Dave Asprey's way, way back in the day, he ran a blog called the Bulletproof Executive. This is before Bulletproof Labs or Bulletproof Coffee. He had a blog called the Bulletproof Executive. And he talked about how he drank his coffee with butter and coconut oil. People thought that was weird. And so he talked about it more. And he talked about why coconut oil had these things called medium chain triglycerides. And you can also find medium chain triglycerides, and they're called MCTs, in, a really, in really obscure health care stores where you can buy MCT oil. And people started buying MCT oil. And then he developed his own MCT oil. And then it was his own mold-free coffee. And then it was this line of products that just kept going. And now that company will probably be worth a billion dollars if he ever decides to exit. Wow. So that was such a great example of, of, of the marketplace where products are concerned. And I'm sure you talk about it in here. Uh, but I'm going to, again, pick your mind because you're here and I want to serve my audience. And I know you are a man who serves uh, digital info products versus hard products. Do you have a preference? Is, is, is it one of those things where, hey, never do physical products because you have to buy it, house it, supply chain, et cetera? What's your thoughts? Info products are great for cash flow. Physical products are great for scale and selling the, building an asset, something that you can sell. And if you're an info product marketer, you're in a really great position to add a physical products line so you have a scalable, sellable piece of your business. So for a lot of people who are selling info products, they should continue to do that. It's amazing cash flow. It's a wonderful first business to get into, but it does not have the scalability or the sellability of a physical products brand. If you even look at somebody like Tony Robbins, who is pretty much at the pinnacle of success when it comes to info products, he does not have a sellable piece of that business. So he has physical products that he sells or takes equity in because they're more scalable and he can sell them as an asset when he wants to. So he uses his notoriety and his fame to kind of light the fire of these other brands that he's a part of. If you've got any following at all, if you've got a few hundred or a few thousand Instagram followers or a small email list, or you have a blog that you're adding content to, you're in such a position to launch a physical products brand with more profit margin than most people. It's amazing what can be done with just a few hundred or a few thousand people. I have a student right now, her name is Yasmin. She runs a blog, I think it's called The Gentle Nursery. And her blog is specific for nursing moms with children who have skin issues. You couldn't get more niche than that. Like, that's a very small market. Nursing moms with kids who have skin issues. Now she developed a product specifically for that crowd. It's a probiotic that solves what she believes to be the root cause of that issue. Now, most people would look at the data and say, 
There's not a lot of data for this. But because she's got a small audience, she can charge a premium for this because it serves exactly what they're looking for. And she can have a highly lucrative physical products brand that she just launched a couple weeks ago. She announced it on the coaching call. She did her launch. We helped her with her email copy. She's smashing it out of the park and then she's gonna be ready to roll in product number two pretty quick. So info marketers and info product owners are in a really great position to have connection with their audience. And even if it's a few hundred or a few thousand people, that's enough to do damage to develop a really, a, a really helpful physical product that now can be launched and be super lucrative, super scalable and sellable. And that's when you really make your money in the physical products world. You make it when you exit the business. I have a buddy, you might know Moise Ali. Moise Ali had a, a company called Native Deodorant. He started with 500 bucks. And I think this was in 2014. He ran it for two years. And then he sold that business to Procter & Gamble for $100 million after owning the business for less than two years. Mm. So the money in, in the physical products world is by building an asset that you can grow and sell. And that's the trend that's happening right now. So that's, that's the route we take if you want to be a real capitalist, bring resources together, build an asset, and somebody else ends up with a buy. You know, so let's talk about someone who, uh, since obviously we're right smack dab, the reason we're doing this via Zoom, because normally the Empire podcast is done in person, is because, well, we're all in quarantine, and you're in Texas, and I'm in Southern California, and um, we're doing it this way. So imagine the highest unemployment rate ever. Like up until this point, Greece had the highest unemployment rate of 27%. From what I understand, now the United States is even higher than that. Many people are not gonna go and find their, a job. They may yeah. decide that I want to go be an entrepreneur, a solopreneur, I wanna create a product, sell it online on the internet. After seeing how the internet popped off during quarantine where all the brick and mortars um, maybe suffered and struggled and their job laid them off with the quickness. So yeah. someone who's in quarantine, someone who had a job, maybe someone who even had a brick and mortar and is like, the hell if I'm gonna go back to a brick and mortar, I'm gonna create my own online business. Like, What is the first step they need to do so they can create the, uh, a, a online income stream in this new emerging economy? Yeah, so number one, Pick a person, not a product. We talked about this, but pick that one person that you know you can serve or would have interest in serving. Number two, identify the three to five products that that person already buys. Number three, start reading the reviews of those types of products and find out what people don't like about those solutions. Number four, Google crafting private label manufacturer and look at what companies are making those types of products. Now, the truth behind the curtain is the battery company, Duracell, makes batteries for all of the knockoff brands. It's the same battery across the board. They're just relabeled a hundred different times. Most supplement companies are private label. A lot of protein companies are private label. There's nothing wrong with private label. Private label is awesome. Private label allows entrepreneurs to go get and customize the best product available and make it available to their people and makes it faster and easier to innovate on things like flavor or specific quality types so that it's custom for a very specific group of people. So private labeling or contract manufacturing is the way that we can quickly get a product specific to 
an audience that it is that you serve. Next step is you order one prototype. Will cost you 50 to $200, depending on what it is that you are developing. This is all those first three to four months of the grind, as we call it. Your goal is to have one prototype, so you can then say, look at my thing, put it on social media, and start to develop a following of people who want that, so that they can be one sale at the end of that four-month period. So the faster we can start getting a prototype that we're gonna to bring to a specific market, the faster we can go to market, start to develop raving fans, and get the snowball building. Brilliant. Ryan, before we, uh, before we wrap up, what should I have asked you that I didn't ask you that would benefit our audience of emerging entrepreneurs and existing entrepreneurs? You should have asked me what's going to happen in the economy moving forward. Ooh. And uh, so I run capitalism.com and love to geek out on this stuff. And economics was my background in college after I decided I wasn't going to be a pastor. And it's my opinion that the economy is going to be better but different moving forward. Now the economic analysis is gonna be, we're in a recession or we're in a depression. But what's really going to happen is we're just going to reshuffle all the assets and put them in the direction of the things that we want most. Bedros, if you were to ask any of your friends, young, old, rich, poor, black, white, and you ask them, do you think college is a working system? Would any of them say yes? Nope. It's just a broken system, right? Model. So the, the models that are broken are going to break really fast. And the economic fundamentals are going to say, we're in a depression. Think college is falling apart. Well, it should have fallen apart a long time ago under the current system and under the current way we do things. You can learn anything you want online. Somebody that sat here for the last 40 minutes learned more about starting a business than getting a four-year degree. So the, the models that we have been clinging to are breaking faster, which is going to create a very interesting time of change. And this is what we call in the capitalism world, creative destruction. We now have more people who are forced into entrepreneurial thinking and coming up with unique solutions to problems. And moving forward, if you want to survive, if you want to thrive, the way we do that is coming up with custom solutions for problems. There is not, there's no one behind the curtain who is now saying, let me create this opportunity for you in the form of a J-O-B. It is only, I'm creating new areas of growth and there are going to be more entrepreneurs that follow behind me. And so moving forward in the economy, we're going to have, I think, a very serious, what appears to be slow down, but the faster that we adapt to taking personal responsibility for doing something about that, creating a solution for that and serving like hell, a people, group of people who need that, the faster that you will thrive moving forward. So I have three values at capitalism.com, our own create serve, take extreme personal responsibility for the results you want to create and for problems that you didn't even start. And then you create a solution for those and you serve the people who show up that need that solution. Mm. That's how you get rich. That's how you make a difference. That's how you create change. Own, create, serve. I love that. Again, once again, you take the complex and using your gift, you make it simple. Thank you for that, Vader. Ryan, how can our viewers and listeners get a copy of the 12 months to a million dollars? Yeah, they can either go to capitalism.com book or there's this place called Amazon, which is where most people shop. 
I could tell you to go to Barnes and Noble, but they would probably turn you away. Uh, they'd say, don't bring your germs in here. So uh, keep your germs on your computer. You can just search my name, Ryan Daniel Moran, or search for 12 months to 1 million on amazon.com. Awesome. Well, so far, I'm, uh, I'm only in the first chapter. Awesome read. I can't wait to get the official book that comes out. Um, and I'll be one of the first ones buying it just because I love supporting my friends and giving it away on Instagram as I always do. Ryan, thank you so much for spending time with us. Guys and gals, be sure to go to Amazon and go to capitalism.com and pick up Ryan's book. By the time you are watching this, hearing this, the book, 12 Months to a Million Dollars by Ryan Moran is already out. Um, again, be sure to get the book, leave us reviews, tell a friend about this podcast. And of course, when you buy a book, always buy two and gift one to a friend. It is the best thing you could ever do. Ryan, thank you so much for spending time with us. Bedros, I so admire what you do. Thank you so much for having me. You bet.